When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to episode number 69 of the, nice. of the MLB Daily Podcast, a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I am Brandon Karam, alongside Belly Up Sports Boston Red Sox beat writer, LJ LaFiora. And LJ, we finally made it to episode number 69. Nice. It is very great nice. to be here at episode 69. I'm very excited for what we have to talk about today. Some of it's got me pretty heated. Some of it's got me relatively excited. And I'm ready to get into this. But I think the first topic just has to get off the or out of the way now. Yeah, well, LJ, not only uh, is this uh, going to be your last night in college, right, uh, for this semester? Yep. I will be leaving tomorrow, our, our morning, which basically mm-hmm. means like, one o'clock in the afternoon whenever I wake up from recording this show. Well, LJ, you're absolutely right to say that this first topic needs to be talked about prior to the game recaps. Albert Pujols. The Albert Pujols era in Anaheim has come to an end. LJ, uh, honestly, a pretty shocking move. The Angels announced Thursday that he has been designated for assignment uh that is just largely a formality as Pujols and the remainder of his 30 million dollar salary will uh go unclaimed on waivers uh LJ it's the last year of the Pujols contract and obviously we're going to get into it but uh 
my initial reaction, I was shocked. I could not believe that they would cut ties with him, especially when we saw prior to the season, him posting that stuff about how this might be his last season and then his wife kind of taking that stuff down. I don't know if you remember that whole thing. But, uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on this? You know, I know he's older. I know the production wasn't there to start the year, but this is plain wrong. This man is not only a surefire Hall of Famer, but, Brandon, you could make an argument that besides Mike Trout, in the la- in in his playing career, he was the best position player. Is there somebody else that I'm completely leaving off? Like since Pus- since when? Since Pujols came into the league, uh, blanking on when that is, two thousand something. Since Pujols came, yeah, no, I mean three MVPs and three second place is when we're and I thought he probably should have won two two of those. Uh. Yeah, it's hard to argue that someone had a better prime than him. 99 career war. and He was over 100 prior to 2019. He's just been in the negatives the last few years. Yeah. Also, I didn't realize this is actually kind of interesting. Um, all-time leader in grounding into double plays. Mm, that's in interesting. Certainly not something I'm adding to his legacy with by saying, but – it's just something that interested me. But yeah, no, I can't think of a player that was all around as good as Albert Pujols since he came into the league in 2001. There just isn't anybody. And that type of guy deserves the respect of deciding to an extent when his career is going to end, not having it decided for him in the middle of the season. And what they, this shouldn't have happened. I just, I, I don't see how you can... A, not expect this if you're the Angels. The Angels signed him back in prior to the 2012 season. They signed him to a 10-year contract. At the time, he was age 32. They knew darn well that he was going to be well into his 40s. He was going to see significant decline on the back end of this deal, and they did it anyway. They did it regardless of him not being up to snuff. And they should have known that they had to live with the consequences. Now this is going to be a massive PR issue because this is the type of guy that deserves respect that this that they've blatantly decided he doesn't deserve. Yeah, it's it's a PR issue, but also I mean, you have to understand why the Angels make this move. I mean, in his last four hundred games, this is a guy who. Uh, I believe I was looking at it today on, on on his baseball reference. I'll get the exact number. But basically, since 2017, he has been a, a terrible hitter. I mean, you take his – all right, so from 2017 through 2020, he is an 85 OPS plus hitter. Uh, that's a 694 OPS. Now, stats aside, him getting cut is ridiculous. But – from a front office standpoint, from like a value standpoint, I mean, it does make sense because he has been struggling immensely since uh, the end of the 2016 season. I struggle. I, I disagree with your uh, statement of from this being a sound front office move because the front office does not nearly just deal with the numbers. So much of what building a roster comes into comes from the personalities. Of course, I haven't paid 
I've, I've paid quite a bit of attention this year, but long-term and to the ins and outs of the Angels, I have not paid close attention to the leadership value of Albert Pujols. However, I can tell you at that age, with all he's done in his career, the players on that team, many of them grew up watching him be the best player in baseball. And so having them have to watch him leave, having to watch them, them having to watch him be told that he is irrelevant to this franchise that at one point committed $240 million. That's not really good for your franchise either, Brandon. I mean, I, I don't see how that helps them anymore on the camera. It certainly, I can't see a way where Albert Pujols leaving the roster is a win on the intangible and chemistry side of baseball, even though it may be a win on the offensive side. I mean, I guess the question comes to who are they so desperate to bring up from AAA? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that too. And if you've already been sticking it out for the last however many years here with him not being a good hitter, like why can't you stick it out one more year? If you re- if the Angels really think that they're going to end up being competitive to compete That's- in the AL West, like is cutting Albert Pujols the, the end all be all to compete in the AL West this year? Like do you That's really the thing. need another bat that bad? Because guess what? You lost five in a row and spoiler alert tonight, your offense was not the issue. Allowing seven runs in one inning with your terrible bullpen was. So Brandon, they have not legitimately tried to build a competitive roster here. So saying that Albert Pujols, a guy that for a while for a good couple of years, I mean, granted, of course, we have the whole conspiracies about his age, which would explain the drop off. They didn't get nearly the value that they expected, but they got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. They got six or no, five out of the 10 years on this contract were extreme or very productive years, above average production. They got a guy who was an impact player for this team. So, Bailing on him at the end of the commitment you made is going to make your team that better, much better when you have not legitimately committed to building a roster. It just, it frustrates me, Brandon, because this is just another, it's in part another showing of the way our culture has gone over the years where elder statesmen in any form of life, be it the family, the office, sports, they are not nearly respected as much as the newer model who's supposed to have all of this, these great tools, skills, is more comfortable with the ways of the current product, but lacks any actual real-world experience. These, these players they bring up, I guarantee you, will not have the same impact he had, even if the offensive and defensive numbers were not good. I mean, it's just it, it's the same thing as our nursing homes filling up as much as the inbox of that uh, girl that that lady that jared porter was texting i mean every every family is shipping them off every team is shipping off their older players and it just frankly for me it makes me thankful for the red sox how they've handled their stars their best players coming out of the game i i mean unless there's something i don't know i think the yankees have done a pretty good job of that as well with mariano with jeter uh ortiz and pedroia 
they largely let them decide when they were retired. There was a lot of times they could have quit on Dustin Pedroia, but they didn't. He bought into them. They bought into him. And they were willing to try to make it work until the point where he was physically told by doctors, if you try to play on this, the odds of you having to have a complete knee replacement are about 90%. He, they, he wanted to stick it out until then. They let him stick it out. They let him decide when he is finished. Albert Bujols, at the very bare minimum, deserved that fate. Yeah, two things here. So first, um, now that the Angels have this roster spot available, Elger, I think what they're going to try to do, so uh, Jared Walsh has been playing uh, a bit in the outfield this year, uh, splitting time between first and outfield. And DH, uh, well, he hasn't been he hasn't been the DH yet this year. But what you can do is now, if you want Jared Walsh to play first or DH, that's available. And then you can bring up because they do have a top prospect in a Joe Adele who is an outfielder, and you would assume that he could slide into right field once uh, Walsh is in the first base spot, whether it's right field or or DH. So. I do see clearing way for Joe Adele, but does Joe Adele really need to like this whole extra roster spot for him this year? I mean, I just don't get it, especially when you have a power hitter like like Jared Walsh, like some of these other guys. There's no way that the influence that Albert Pujols has on the team isn't like very strong. Second thing, we saw, I think that this is a good NBA example. Kobe Bryant, who is considered one of the best basketball players ever. I mean, with with Albert Pujols, you know, you are. I'm considering him one of the best baseball players ever. Is that a wrong assumption? Absolutely not. That is that is the correct thing to say there. When Kobe was on the Lakers, LJ, how many years was it prior to him retiring, where he was just like not good, and the team wasn't good, and he was hurt, and it was just a mess. How many years was that with the Lakers right before he retired? It was at least four. It's most of the years that I can remember, which is unfortunate. I mean, we yeah. were kind of a little too young to really experience Kobe to the fullest. We were truly that LeBron generation, started the LeBron generation. But I can't necessarily remember a dominant Kobe. But again, just like Albert Pujols. Yeah, you see mystique, where I'm going, where, where I'm coming at here. Like, Yeah, because the, the mystique for both of them still holds on, even though they have not been producing for very similar amounts of time. Like with that should hold more weight than it did in this situation. I just, you know, me and you really have been going at the angels since we started this podcast. Despicable. Uh, you know, for a team that's in a, that's in a, a market as big as them, they've done almost everything wrong trying to build this team up and you know we me and you were both not very high on them this year you were a little bit higher on them than I was but um they're now at they're still under 500 we're gonna get into the game recaps here in a minute but I mean they're they just don't look like a good team this year so far and it's a real shame to have potentially three MVP candidates on your team in Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and Anthony Rendon and you still can't put together uh, a, 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 a good enough pitching staff, a good enough bullpen, and then just more, more pieces in the lineup. And 
Look, I know it's I know how hard it is to to build a baseball team. I mean, I don't, but I understand how hard it is to make a comparable baseball team. But the the way that they've gone about it, it's not even like that they've tried to do it. It's just like they they throw, they just I don't even know exactly what they do. Why go after Garrett Cole last offseason and go after a big pitching name and just miss out on him? And then this offseason, you don't even try to go after a pitcher. Like, not one. Not Trevor Bauer. Not, I mean, I just don't know. I just don't know what the Angels front office and ownership is looking at. Because every day that goes by is another day that Rendon and Trout are sitting there saying, like, what direction is this team supposed to be going in? Like, our careers are winding down here. Like, our prime is winding down here. And we have just no direction. On that note, I'm going to step in and say something that maybe many people will probably think is a bit of an overreaction here. Mike Trout Trout deserves at least to have a legitimate conversation with the team unless he – about – how this happened, why the exactly why the decision was made, because this is a man that now ha- has pretty much committed himself for a similar amount of time as pool holes. If I'm correct, Brandon, he gets out of that contract at 38. Uh, I, I feel like it's longer than that. Uh, honestly. Was it 10 years or 12 years? It was a, it, I'm pretty sure it was like a third. It was 10 plus years. The Mike Trout contract is, insane currently it is uh so 420 million 12 years 426 million dollars 12 years he signed that two years ago which will take him okay yeah take 39 through his his age 38 season yes yeah so this is a guy that's gonna spend the majority of his career on this team he has linked himself to this team he must clearly love being in la it's the right spot for him there's obviously, I mean, baseball has clear enough metrics to say that World Series aren't the most important thing towards just discussing who the greatest player of all time is. So he doesn't have to worry about his legacy all that much with in regards to that. But if the team's going to be willing to come to bail on Albert Pujols at the end, at the very end of his contract. How, how comfortable should he be with the fact that he has basically locked himself into playing his entire career for this team? I mean, granted, he, I hope he plays past 38. I honestly think at, at the rate he's going, the, the man he is, he probably will play until he's at least 40. Brandon, would you say that's pretty fair unless he just th- decides he's over it? No, you know, absolutely fair. I can see him signing at least one more contract after this one expires. Yeah, so it would make absolutely no sense for him after committing, uh, we're going with 21 years of his career to the Los Angeles Angels. It would make absolutely no sense for him to go somewhere else. It would be absolutely no sense for him to run off to Seattle and sign a three-year deal to live out the final years of his playing career. So he has fully committed himself to that city, that that team. Should he be at all concerned that they're going to give up on him before he is ready? I mean, I know he, again, Albert Pujols is the second greatest player of our lifespan, certainly of his playing career, only behind Mike Trout. 
Mike Trout's on a different level than him. However, there's got to be a question in his head of how he, how this team's going to treat older players. And again, probably just me overreacting because I'm pissed, but he deserves to at least feel comfortable in his situation at all times. Well, LJ, I think it's fair to say that we both got our points across. We did go a little bit long on this. Holy shoot, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> we're both very passionate about uh, hating on the Angels. Uh, you know, and that's a team that I actually want to like. I want to see them succeed. It's just frustrating as, an, as, a, as a, a general fan of the sport to see them do that. But LJ, I think it'll we can uh, start to feel better if we do some of these game recaps. Uh, what do you say that we get into it? Might as well. Yeah, sure. Why uh, not? Tigers and Red Sox. This was a very close game the whole way and found the Red Sox trailing 9-7 to seven in the eighth. They score four runs in that frame and win it 11-9. to nine. Give the win to Matt Andreefs, the lost Alex Lang, and the save to Adam Adovino. Brandon, this was one of those types of games where even though they were always in it, it never felt like they had it. It was just like one of those weird games where it was like there was always somebody stepping up for Detroit and then they'd plug along and then somebody else would step up. So it felt good to get out of the game. Like those are the, those are the gritty ones that you kind of have to just fight through. Yeah. Uh, what an offensive slugfest this is. Thir- or 30 hits between the two teams. Uh-huh. You know, 21 runs. LJ, there was six errors made in this game. The Tigers made four of them. Uh, this just seems like one of those crazy games that, like, you know, you have once a year where, you know, it's just you can't really get anyone out. Uh, the the fielding is a mess. And, you know, it, you're happy to, to walk away with a win. And this is a game, if you're the Tigers, where you're just like, wow, that was a rough show today. Yeah, it's one of those ones that really also, if you're the better, especially if you're the better team that's really playing for something in the Tigers. The Tigers are out of it. Let's be real. Um, they're not playing the uh, Washington Nationals here and completely flipping the se- season on their head. If you're like, if, like if you're the Red Sox, who is uh, obviously their, all right, maybe not obviously their number one weakness, probably their second weakness on this team, is the back end of the rotation, being able to go deep into games with any consistency. So you're really counting on guys like Ivaldi and Eduardo Rodriguez to at least pitch part of that sixth inning at minimum, at bare minimum to get through five. This one, he barely limped into the fifth inning. Mm. Uh, Nathan Ivaldi, which, you know, you're going to have those starts. It's, it comes with the nature of the sport. Sometimes, as we've said, sometimes you're not going to have it. it. You live with the ups and the downs of it and I'm sure he will he will bounce back with another two or three starts that he goes quite well however this also does kind of alter how you go about the uh, bullpen management for the next week or so in a way that the team probably would have rather not had all right on to oh um the Red Sox sorry the Red Sox will take on the Orioles today with Eduardo Rodriguez facing the Dark Knight, Matt Harvey, and the Twins will play the Tigers. It'll be Matt Shoemaker versus Tariq Skubal. 
All right, on to the Astros and the Yankees game, the final game of the series, game three. The Yankees looking for a sweep. Uh, in the bottom of the third, Giancarlo Stanton stays hot with his ninth home run on the year, third straight game with a home run, continues his 12-game hitting streak. Uh, to say uh, there isn't even a word to say how hot he is right now. He's a supernova type of hot. I mean – just insane stats that he's been putting up lately. You love to see it. He goes yard with his ninth home run on the year in the bottom of the third. The Yankees take a 1-0 lead. Top of the fourth, Jordan Alvarez goes yard off of Garrett Cole to tie it up at one. But in the bottom of the fourth, Clint Frazier responds. Two-run home run, and the Yankees retake the lead. We jump to the top of the seventh. Garrett Cole still in. Jordan Alvarez takes him deep again. This time it cuts the lead to one. The Yankees still lead three to two. Aaron Boone hands the ball over to Chad Green in the top of the eighth. And uh, he allows a walk to the, to the leadoff batter. Eventually there's two runners on for Jose Altuve, who's taken so much hate from the fans this series. He goes yard, three-run home run on a high fastball. Chad Green gives it up to Altuve, and the Astros take the lead. Uh, the Yankees would get one run back on a fantastic heads-up base running play from Glaber Torres. LJ, I'm not sure if you saw this one, but I was in class watching this and almost jumped out of my seat during the middle of my lecture. Um, he scored from first base on an infield single that – the ball landed right behind second base. Essentially, they were playing the shift on him. Um, they were shifted all the way over to the right, which was kind of a weird shift for a righty. But uh, he hits the ball behind second base, or Aaron Hicks hits the ball behind second base, excuse me. Uh, Glaber at first, round second. He notices that there's no one covering third, runs to third and takes third. Then, then he sees that the catcher is standing up the third baseline. No one's covering home. Runs home and scores. Uh, heads up base running place. The Yankees were able to get one run back there. But then at the top of the ninth, uh, Martin Maldonado adds a home run for the Astros. And they win 7-4 to four to avoid the sweep. The win to Andre Scrub out of the Houston bullpen. Their starter, Lance McCullers, goes six innings, allowing six hits, three runs, and eight Ks. The loss to Chad Green, now 0-3 on the year. Uh, he goes one-third of an inning, allowing two hits and three runs. The Yankees starter, Garrett Cole, seven innings, five hits, two runs, four Ks. Give Ryan Presley his fifth save of the year. He gets a six-out save in this one. And now the Astros will host the Blue Jays today. Ross Stripling takes on Jose Urquidy. The Yankees host the Nationals, and that will be Patrick Corbin and Jamison Tyone. Yeah, on that um, scoring from first, I'm not meaning to take anything away from Torres there because that was absolutely fantastic base running. Props to him. I like to see that type that type of stuff happen. However, that was absolutely boneheaded defense as much as it was head up, head, heads up base running because legitimately everyone on the field, including Glaber, including every, every defender, was genuinely surprised about everything that was going on in that very moment. Yankees like, third base coach Phil, Phil Nevin 
as as Glaber is running to third, he has his hands up to like stop him. He didn't even realize what was going on. It was like one of those things where it's like I I remember watching it. It was like so they so it falls behind, and then they go they get it, and then they turn he turned the guy turns around. I think it was the uh, second baseman that ended up getting the ball. It was the short the shortstop because he plays in uh, shallower in the shift usually. Um, he's on his way to get it. He picks it up. He's standing there, basically just staring off into space, looking at his other players. And then all of a sudden, as he's probably about, I didn't see the cat where the catcher was, but I'm assuming as he's passing the catcher standing up the line, he gets the realization that Gleyber Torres is on his way home. And then you've, then you've got on Torres's end where he's legitimately every step of the way, just kind of questioning. I mean, he was running hard. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he, it was quite um, funny seeing the way he kind of rolled over after the uh, play, but uh, but it was like he kept like checking back, like, "Am I actually still doing this? Am I still running? Am I just feeling like I'm moving in my head because this just does not not seem like something that should happen, Brandon? It shouldn't happen." No, and you're absolutely right. After the play, he dives into home plate, very dramatic dive. Uh, it was like but a somersault. That's a play for Torres where as he as he is running home, as soon as he gets by the catcher who, who doesn't have the ball, he knew he was going to be safe the whole way. I mean, if it's a foot race with the catcher to home and the catcher doesn't even have the ball in his hand, like the chances are you're going to score. So really heads up play. Uh, you got to love the hustle, but. The Yankees do drop this one, but uh, I'll take two out of three. You know, uh, if you would have told me that the Yankees were going to win two out of three against Houston, I would have been very happy. Just uh, I wouldn't have thought that it would have been the the Garrett Cole start that we lose, but we'll take it. All right, next up, we got the Rangers and the Twins. Max Kepler and Joey Gallo traded early home runs, and the Twins held on to a one-run lead for most of the game. Then in the seventh, Heim hit a game-tying solo piece, and then in the first frame of extras, that'd be the 10th inning, Calhoun's game-winning knock seals it. The Rangers take this one 4-3. to three. Give the win to Taylor Hearn, lost to Tyler Duffy, and the save to Josh Spores. The Rangers will take on the Mariners. They'll have Mike Fultonevich going up against the dangerous, the dreaded TBD. <laughs> On to the Mets and the Cardinals. Cardinals get on the board in the bottom of the second uh, by way of a Harrison Bader sack fly. The Mets walk twice to score runs in the top of the fifth, and they take a two-to-one lead. Top of the eighth, Pete Alonzo walks to drive in a run, and then Dom Smith RBI single to make it 4-1, and that would be your final with the Mets winning. You can give the win to Taiwan Walker. Uh, now two and one on the year. He was outstanding in this one. Seven innings, one hit, no earned, and eight Ks. The loss goes to John Gant, the Cardinal starter, now two and three on the year. He goes four and a third, allowing five hits, one earned, walking six batters and striking out five. Edwin Diaz picks up his fourth save of the year for the Mets. They will host the Diamondbacks today. Zach Gowan takes on David Peterson. The Cardinals take on the Rockies, and that will be Austin Gomber versus Jack Flaherty. All right, next up we've got the Rays and the 
sadly, the Angels. All right, we've got Shohei Otani hitting his 10th home run of the season early in the game as part of a three run, a total of three runs the Angels put up in the game, all of which came in the third inning. LA held Tampa off the board until the seventh when Mike Zanino went yard. The Rays proceed to add seven runs, Brandon. Not one, not two, not three, not four, five, or six, but seven runs in one singular inning. And they win it. Eight to three. Give the win to Josh Fleming, the follower today for the Rays. He went five innings on three earned runs. The loss will be given to Mike Mayers, who came in after Andrew Heaney went six and two thirds of an inning of shutout ball with 10 strikeouts. Mayers comes in, gives up that home run to Zanino in the seventh, gives up the first three in the eighth to really just take all the wind out of. LA's sales. Carmatic, Brandon? Not good. Not good. Uh, no, but I'm saying, is it karmatic for what happened earlier in the day? Yeah, sure. Um, they certainly are. We are. I am not complaining about that. The Angels will take on the LA Dodgers. The battle for LA will see Julio Urias and Griffin Canning going up against each other in the first matchup. Tampa will play the Athletics with Rich Hill and Sean Manaya on the mound. But Brandon, Julio Urias in Griffin Canning, that is a uh, rather lopsided pitching matchup, if I don't say so myself. Yeah, you know, it is lopsided, but both of the L.A. teams could have used wins right now. Uh, the Angels dropped five in a row. The Dodgers have dropped three in a row. I'll be talking about them in a little bit as this is our week five recap, uh, five full weeks into the season now. But, uh, yeah, let's move on to the next game, the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. Miguel Rojas hits a home run in the bottom of the first to make it 1-0 fish. Pavin Smith would double to tie it up for the Diamondbacks in the top of the second. The score would remain tied until the seventh when Adam Duvall would homer and Chad Wallach would hit a sack fly to make it three to one. Your final with the Marlins winning. Give the win to Dylan Floro out of the Miami bullpen. The loss goes to J.B. Bukowskis out of the Arizona bullpen. Jimmy Garcia picks up his fifth save for the Marlins. The Diamondbacks will take on the Mets. Miami hosts the Brewers. Brent Suter takes on Trevor Rogers, who looks to continue his excellent rookie campaign so far. All right. Next up, we got the Indians and the Royals. The Indians got four runs on the board in the game. One was from an RBI by Luplo. Two were from an RBI single and an RBI triple by Ahmed Rosario. And one was from an eighth inning Framil Reyes home run. They shut out the Royals four to nothing. Give the win to Tristan McKenzie. He went five innings of shutout ball with five strikeouts. The loss will be given to Danny Duffy, who went five and two thirds of an inning, allowing three earned runs and six strikeouts. Both of these teams, Brandon, will have the day off before the Royals play the White Sox and the Indians play the Reds. But I mean, you look at Dan, Danny Duffy here, of course, not the best performance of the day but 
you're really, you're really, you're, with, with the numbers he's been putting up, you look at it and you're like, kind of, ooh. But, Brandon, that's one out away from a quality start still. Yeah, you know, I, you're exactly right. I, I look at that and I'm like, God, like, are you kidding me, Danny Duffy? Like, five and two-thirds, three earned? And that's just because he's been so good this year. I mean, his, his, he's, he's been outstanding. No, he's just he's ERA, just been flat-out outstanding. His ERA went up a full run in this game. Wow. He went from 0.60 to 1.60. And this oh, was he's at 1.26 now. 1.26? 1.26. Am I just incapable of reading? Probably. <laughs> Possibly. I hope Most not. Likely. That would uh, put a major that wrench. Is not very good. That is not very good on my Spot Catholic or LaSalle University education if I cannot read numbers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I'm no, good, I'm no good at the numbers, Brandon. On to the Braves and the Nationals. Braves score three in the top of the fourth. They get a Marcelo Zuna double and an Ari Adrianza single. Bottom of the fourth, Kyle Schwarber hits a double to get one run back for the Nationals. And then in the bottom of the eighth, Jan Gomes gets a single to get another one back. But that's all the Nationals can get, and they lose three to two to the Braves. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Grace, and I'm a veterinarian. I'm coming to you live from an average Tuesday night. Mom, where's my homework folder? Go ask your dad. Yes, it's 6 p.m., I'm done with work, and already in full swing at home. That's because I'm an indie vet. Indie Vets has created a whole new way to practice that truly puts vets first. I've got a team that always has my back, and it's built around the perfect balance of what makes associate work super steady and relief work totally flexible. What's five times six? Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got math homework. Indie Vets, a whole new way to vet. The win to Drew Smiley gets his first win on the year, now one and two. Six innings, four hits, no earned, four walks, and four Ks for him. The loss to John Lester, five innings, four hits, three earned, and five Ks. Will Smith gets his seventh save of the year for the Braves. They will face the Phillies with Charlie Morton taking on Zach Eflin today. The Nationals take on the Yankees. All right, next up, we've got the Blue Jays and the A's. The A's got four runs off of Hyunjin Ryu, which put them up 4-3 after the third. Past that, it was all Blue Jays who scored seven unanswered runs in the game. Toronto wins it 10-4. Give the win to Hyunjin Ryu, who went five innings along four earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss will be given to Mike Fires, who went three and a third of an inning, allowing five earned runs. All right, last game of the night, the Brewers and the Phillies. This one would be scoreless until the bottom of the seventh. Great starts by Zach Wheeler and Brandon Woodruff. Alec Bohm's solo home run to put the Phillies on the board. Bottom of the eighth, Reese Hoskins with a double to make it two to zero. The Brewers offense can't get anything going all night. They lose two zip. 
The wind is Zach Wheeler, now three and two on the year. He goes nine innings, three hits, no runs, eight Ks. We call that a complete game shutout. The loss goes to Brandon Woodruff, now two and one on the year, 100% the worst loss or the best loss line on the night. Six and two thirds, two hits, one run, and 11 Ks. Really tough to take the loss with that stat line. The Brewers, though, have lost five in a row, and they will take on the Marlins today. The Phillies have won four in a row, and they'll take on the equally hot Braves, who have won three in a row. Um, that is it for all of the games for Thursday, May 6th. Uh, this is our week five recap, but prior to getting into that, we're going to do the PPP. And then for the recap, we're going to have, of course, an extended leaderboard segment, uh, one team from each league that's hot and not, and then we're going to go over the division leaders to close out the show. But uh, LJ, for the PPP, particular players people might care about, uh, you have, uh, is it all pitchers for today? Um. Technically, yes. Kind of. Well, still te technically, one isn't in there as a pitcher. If that doesn't tip the cat, tip who is going to be coming up in this, I'm not sure what else could. Um, the first guy I've got here is Andrew Heaney, and this is the one story that kind of got covered up when we were going through, mostly because I was just so glad to see the Angels lose right now. But Andrew Heaney, six inning, six and two thirds of an inning of shutout ball with ten strikeouts, Brandon. This guy understands and plays great under pressure. He knew his job was on the line for the We Stand Otanis, and he came out swinging. He came out fighting, proving he was worthy to stay on your fantasy team. How does that feel? LJ, I actually have some unfortunate news. You dropped him, didn't Haney, you? But fortunate news for the We Stand Otanis. I made a clutch move this morning dropping Andrew Haney for none other than Zach Wheeler, who threw a complete game shutout today. Uh, you know, it is, it is bittersweet because Haney's a free agent and it had been tough to cut ties with him. But, you know, I think now it's safe to cut ties with all angels on my team. You know, I'm named after an angel. Uh, I dropped Andrew Haney. Uh, but no, absolutely great start from him tonight he'll be back on my radar to pick him back up certainly uh for his next time around i'm not sure which is a bigger betrayal the angels with albert Pujols or brandon and luis dan otani's of andrew heaney who told him he was getting one last chance and brandon brandon drops a current start to get another start i i'm not going to get too much into your management decisions there but I'm just slightly questioning. Well, you know, I saw Zach, Zach Wheeler was available and I was like, I, I, I was shocked that someone had dropped him. So that was a pretty easy pickup for me. I mean, he's been one of the best pitchers in the league the last few years uh, and throws a complete game shutout today. So I'm certainly happy about that. I think I can find somebody else he could have dropped. But next up, we got... <laughs> Um, Shohei Otani, of course, is that pitcher we were talking about for not being in there for his pitching purposes, because Brandon today he hit his league tying league lead tying tenth home run of the season. This is a man who is doing the, of course, the double duty 
really the first person in potentially a long line of position players with pitching with legitimate pitching capability and has seriously put him forced himself into the MVP race. Yeah, he really has. And now I saw this question posed on Twitter and um, LJ, I want to hear your, your thoughts on it. If Otani hits 35 plus home runs and strikes out 200 plus batters, is that the greatest season ever? If he does what? Hits 35 plus home runs and strikes out over 200 batters. That would be amazing. Would it be the best season ever? Because I saw people arguing about that. And honestly, like, it's, it's tough. Some of the Bond seasons, I think, have to take it, or like, or like some of the those those Babe Ruth seasons. But yeah, I just I just think that those cumulative numbers, first of all, those cumulative numbers alone cannot tell the whole story. Yeah, I still think there is a fair shot if he evens out that, say, a Mike Trout, or especially if he were to continue on in the pace he's at, a Byron Buxton would be able to outproduce him even without the pitching. Like the pitching starts give him, especially in like war, total war, give him a huge advantage because of, because of the fact that you are more influential in that start than any other player on the team. When you're out on the mound, you are the most influential player on the outcome of the game. And so that does give a leg up. However, I still could see a scenario where he gets those types of numbers, has other things around that not go exactly according to plan and has somebody take it from him this season. So that's the only reason I can't necessarily say that those numbers in particular give me confidence in that being the greatest season ever. Yeah. Um, Also, Brandon, you realize you have an IL spot open, right? On my fantasy team. Yes. So you could have put I, Tommy LaStella on your IL and then picked up another pitcher and left that position player spot open. Do and not you, question the moves. <laughs> it's just like in fantasy football this year. For those of you, uh, well, I honestly don't think anyone would know, but we've had a fantasy football league running now uh, for five years. We're going on year six. And I, I'm the commissioner. I finally just won the championship. And let's just say during like the middle of the season, I was going in full tank cell mode. And I somehow yeah, talked myself out of tank mode into winning a championship yeah, mode. And I did that. In the process of doing tank mode, you all of a sudden started acquiring win now pieces out of nowhere. <laughs> Frankly, things as I was in the buyer's market the entire season would have liked to have. But yeah, Brandon, this is I would I would have to say no disrespect meant here, but this move these moves here today were not nearly as good as your advanced kicker analytics in fantasy football. <laughs> not at all. No. The the advantage that I gain from streaming kickers in fantasy football is much better than the moves I can make on a day-to-day basis in fantasy baseball. All right. My uh guy for the PPP is Zach Wheeler, like I said, complete game shutout today. But uh, look, over the since 2018, this guy has actually been one of the best starters in the league, and I just feel like people are afraid to admit that. Uh, 
116 ERA plus in that time span, a 3.31 FIP, a 1.17 WHIP. This is a guy who can just flat out go out there and pitch every fifth day. And I don't know why people sleep on him so much. I mean, this is a 500 inning sample size and a 3.46 ERA is well above average. That's solid numbers for a number two starter in any rotation. Perfect compliment to Aaron Nola. Uh, and the Phillies really have something going now. We're going to talk about them, I think, in a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, very, very impressive what he's been able to do these last few years and stay under the radar about it. Brandon, do you think if he was on a relevant team at any point in his prime, he would be looked at differently? I'd or say you, so, or do you yeah. Think, or do you think this is a product of just the way he behaves, the way he pitches, not being flashy enough to get him noticed? You know, I don't think it has to do with with flashiness because we see plenty of pitchers that aren't that aren't flashy and can get a recognition. I think Zach Wheeler just fell into the the part where it's just like the Mets in those years. Like he's always going to be under Jacob Degrom's shadow. Now on the Phillies, I mean, when you think of the Phillies, you think Bryce Harper, you think Reese Hoskins, you think Aaron Nola. Zach Zach Wheeler is just not a guy that you think of there and. He is a key part to all the teams that he, he's been on. But since 2018, has been outstanding. Uh, but I think if he played for a team like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, I think if he played for the Red Sox, you guys would be really, really gassing him up. Absolutely. Especially you mentioned that they'd think of Aaron Nola first, which granted, I'm not sure I'm thinking this completely without any actual knowledge. Um, if Aaron Nola is a product of the Philly system, but I can only remember him being relevant as a Philadelphia Philly. That's the only reason that he is the more memorable one. Statistically, Zach Wheeler has been the better pitcher, especially in his time in Philadelphia compared to Aaron Noah. It's so, close. Let me tell you, it's, it's close. It's close, but I think I take him. Um, wow. I think I take Wheeler here. But yeah, no, it's just one of those things where you talk about who's in front of him, but you also have to talk about the fact that with the exception of, oh, wait, no, it was 2016 the year they went, or was that 2015? Doesn't matter. He didn't play in either of those years. Yeah. So him missing 2015 and 16, the only years that the Mets have been relevant in the past like, decade, in all of the time he was playing, the two years that they, the, the time that they were legitimate contenders was the time that he missed time for whatever injury or reasoning it was. And then, of course, you have him come back. The Mets are irrelevant. The Phillies absolutely stunk last year. So it's naturally going to get underappreciated. My last guy that I want to talk about is Brandon Woodruff. Uh, I mentioned how he had a very good line tonight, but had to take the loss. Uh, it was six and two thirds, two hits, one run and 11 Ks. Uh, and has now solidified himself. I believe is still one of the best pitchers in the league. I picked him for the NL Cy Young uh, prior to this season. Uh, and so far, his stats this year have been very, very good. Uh, top 20% in a lot of those stat cast stats that we like to bring up those expected stats. So 
top 20% in expected ERA, expected slugging percentage, uh, barrel percentage, and then expected weighted on base average. Uh, and uh, then for his just overall stats this year, 42 innings pitched, 51 strikeouts, and a 1.73 ERA. Uh, you know, we saw Corbin Burns have a really, really hot start to the year. And now that he is on the IL, uh, Brandon well, Woodruff is the guy who you expect to take over as the ace here for the the, the Brewers. And he's done exactly that. Uh, you know, in his entire major league career, he's another guy who's been very good. And we're really starting to see him break out uh, these last few years, 2019, 2020, and 2021. He's been outstanding. Yeah, I mean, really, there, Brandon, can you really name a important category, advanced statistical category, in which he isn't in the top 20%, not even the top 20%, not in the top 20 of, in the vast majority of things. I mean, I was looking at it earlier, um, good piece of pitching percentage. He is 18th, or no, 12th, I'm sorry, 12th in the league currently. Like, this guy is a monster and I don't think it's that far-fetched to say at this point especially in 2021 that Burns and Woodruff are the best duo in baseball right now I mean we've seen we've seen their production coming over the past couple of years so it's not it doesn't feel to me like while they are playing out of their playing incredible that it's not completely fluky that they're having as much success as they do. So I can't say that anyone else has pitched to the caliber that they have this year as a, as a duo. All right. Well, let's get on to our extended leaderboard segment. We do this every uh, Thursday. So every Friday episode, because the season started on a Thursday, every Thursday night, we look over the league as a whole. We are now five Full weeks into the season so he flies by so fast but um let's get into the leaderboards uh got quite a few stats to break down here first off as we always do war for hitters byron buxton and mike trout still lead the way tied at 2.4 ronald lacuna follows them closely at 2.2 Behind them, we have a three-way tie between J.D. Martinez, Vlad Guerrero Jr., and Chris Bryant, a new name there on the list. They all have 1.8 war, and Xander Bogart's behind them at 1.6. For pitchers, Garrett Cole had a start today. He is now at 2.3. Jacob deGrom at 2.2. Corbin Burns, who's on the I.L., at 1.8 sits in third and then we have a four-way tie for the next spot between Aaron Nola, John Means, Brandon Woodruff, and Tyler Glass now. So yeah, uh, LJ, your claim of Corbin Burns and and Brandon Woodruff as the two most productive pitchers, they're the only two pairs of teammates here in the top seven. So very impressive so far this year. For relievers, It is Matt Barnes in first place of the Red Sox with 1.0, just one AL reliever of the month. Behind him, 
We have Araldis Chapman, James Karinchak, and Mark Melanson tied with 0.8. Scott Barlow behind them of the, of the Kansas City Royals with 0.7. And then we have Cesar Valdez, Paul Fry, both of the Baltimore Orioles, and Josh Hader of the Brewers with 0.6 war. Uh, outs above average, this is the StatCast way of measuring defense. Uh, we have a three-way tie for first between Manny Margot, Tommy Edmond, and Matt Chapman. LJ, I'll take a break here. Anything that stands out to you in those first four? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, again, as always, you know, granted it's Oakland, it's kind of what it's supposed to happen, but Matt Chapman, another feels like underrated season all around. I mean, I haven't looked. Yeah, his offensive numbers have not been great. Currently has a 205 batting average, but the defense is still there, same as always. This is a two-time Platinum Glove winner. You cannot argue with the fact this man is a great defender, and offensively, he's going to come around sooner rather than later. You just have to wait for it. Yeah, I mean, he already has over a 100 OPS plus, so he has been above average, but we've seen him put up a lot better hitting numbers he, he than that, be but the, the, the defense is always there. All right, uh, getting through some of the hitting stats here. Batting average, your main Mercedes uh, leads with 386. On base percentage, Mike Trout at 496. Slugging percentage is Byron Buxton at 772. On base plus slugging OPS, Mike Trout leads at 1.224. Home runs, another one that we track every day. We have three tied with 10. Ronald Acuna, J.D. Martinez, and Shohei Otani. J.D. Martinez leads in RBIs with 31. Stolen bases is Whit Merrifield with 10. And then we have Ronald Acuna with 29 runs and Max Muncy with 29 walks. We have these foolish baseball stats that we uh, got the great piece of pitching or good piece of pitching percentage and good piece of hitting percentage. For a good piece of pitching percentage, the leader is Corbin Burns at 60.2%. Good piece of hitting is Ronald Lacuna at 57.6. LJ, before we get on with the pitching stats, uh, anything that stands out to you here? I think that that a Corbin Burns at 60.2% for a good piece of pitching is incredible. Yeah, it's really been overall, again, you we talked we were talking about the other day with Shane Bieber 
Uh, first off, we should probably give a quick refresher oh, yeah. on those two stats. Um, good piece of pitching and good pieces of hitting basically measure the same thing for opposite sides, offensive, defensive, um, of course, here's pitchers. Um, basically what it says, for example, a good piece of pitching is in what percentage of at-bats does the guy either strike out the batter or allow a hit of less than 80 miles an hour off the bat or allow contact of less than 80 miles an hour off the bat. If you're able to do that, then that means you're taking a very, very good approach at on the mound and that you can really stifle any offense that's coming at you, or at least in theory, you should, of course, sometimes it's not going to happen. Your traditional stats may look skewed because of that. And so this is a, this is a pretty good uh, indicator of, what the guy is actually doing, how he's executing out there for a good piece of hitting percentage is the same thing, except how often does the guy either walk or hit the ball over 90 miles an hour, make contact with it over 90 miles an hour. Corbin Burns, of course, you know, as I was saying before, uh, we were talking about Shane Bieber, how, yes, it's great that he's getting all of these strikeouts. It's been fantastic to watch. However, when you're allowing three earned runs and just, getting those Nicky hits uh, here and there that are end up causing runs, you're not nearly as valuable a pitcher, at least not to me, than you are, even if you only strike out six batters, but are able to keep those hits off the board. Corbin Burns has been able to keep the contact light, to keep it uh, pretty, keep everything that's everything that is made contact with, contained and still be able to have this great strikeout to walk stretch that he is still currently on even though on the il yes the other thing i want walked anyone he still has not walked anyone what's he at 52 strikeouts Uh, it is 49 strikeouts to zero walks and the record is 57 which is kenley jansen i believe yeah so um yes it is kenley jansen yeah so past that um gph percentage Ronald Acuna passes Juan Soto for a level of uh, a high percentage that is really across a full season unheard of in the StatCast era where, of course, we can track that exit velocity and such. So, like, we haven't seen guys be this efficient with their approach at the plate other than these two guys who are in the same division. Of course, Soto didn't get to play the full game when he came back for that um Braves game the other day but I'm looking forward to seeing these two go head to head taking such a great approach at the plate and executing so well with that all right let's get through these pitching stats for wins it is Jack Flaherty with five he's also on the mound today so he could potentially get to six for strikeouts for pitchers it's Shane Bieber at 77 ERA, Jacob deGrom, 0.51. With Jacob deGrom, 0.57. Innings pitched to Shane Bieber. He is at 48.1. Saves, Mark Melanson has 11. Home runs, Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs has allowed 11. And then walks allowed for pitchers. John Gant uh, of the Cardinals has allowed 24. All right, well, now I think it is time that we each talk about 
one team from each league that is hot and one that is not. I have the National League. LJ has the American League. And I'm going to start it off. My team that's hot is the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, they've won four games in a row. They're six and four in their last 10. They get the complete game shutout from Zach Wheeler today. And really everything that they did in this series uh, against the, the, the Brewers was just great baseball. I mean, the, the Phillies, a team that have the hitters there, they certainly have the, the pitching. And they're a fun team to watch when they get, when, you know, when, when uh, everything is rolling for them. Uh, and so they sweep the, the Brewers. They win today. They win yesterday. Uh, and they win the day before that. So, yeah, they're looking really good. LJ, would you like to tell us your team that is hot in the oh, American League? Yes, I forgot, completely forgot the format for this. Oh, um, no. Yeah, my, okay, so did I. And completely my team. impromptu. My team that is hot currently is the Cleveland Indians. Now, Brandon, I do have to admit, I was incredibly close to going with the New York Yankees, who, of course, have been in their last 10. They've gone seven and three and have really figured themselves out, kind of righted the ship. Now they just got to climb back into the divisional race, which they are still uh, two and a half games out of the Red Sox. However, I decided to go with the Cleveland Indians just because of how sneaky it was. I mean, I've been um, doing these games all week. I've done, of course, we've been following all of this. Brendan, did you really notice Cleveland slowly creep into this division lead? I mean, I know it's no. very easy to do that at this point in time. But we were looking at last week. Last week, we were looking at Kansas City at the very top of the world. We're like, this team's playing great. We're so glad to see a team that actually tried to spend money, even though we didn't think they'd be that we thought they'd be at best a 500 team. It's great to see them having some form of success. We then went from that to the White Sox started playing out of their minds early in the week. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Indians creep out to a half game lead in the central. It's just really been great play by a team that's not really not nearly as bad as people kind of gave them credit for with trading away Francisco Lindor. Yeah, eight and two in their last 10. They won five in a row. They certainly look very good. The team in the NL that is not hot right now is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, lost three in a row. They just got swept for the first time since 2019. Um, they're two and eight in their last 10. LJ, I vaguely remember... The the Dodgers starting off 13 and two and me and you having a conversation about how they were well on pace to break the 2001 Seattle Mariners single season game win record at 116. LJ, they went from 13 and two to 17 and 15. <laughs> that if I'm doing my math correct, that's a record of three and 14 in their last 17 games. Uh and if I'm correct, didn't two of those wins come against the Padres? Yeah. No? Yeah. Yes. And they blow one of those games against the Padres up sixth uh, in the seventh inning. They blow that. LJ, the, the Dodgers are just not playing good, good baseball at the moment. They can't really get anything going offensively. They've had some pretty good starts, but they've also had some not good starts in there. Clayton Kershaw the other day comes to mind. He only gets – 
one inning against the Cubs. Uh, you know, this is a team that I certainly was not expecting to talk about, you know, not being hot at any point in the season. But I, I just think that this goes to show, LJ, I think that we've had such a close year this year between all the teams. There isn't a single team that has over a 600 winning percentage. I mean, that's impressive how much, much parity that we've had this year so far. Yeah, I just think, yeah, honestly, I'm not, I, I, I think you share the same opinion with me here in the fact that I'm not worried about the Dodgers. I'm not worried about them now. It would take another month and a half for me to actually be worried about this team not turning around because they've been so hurt and they've been, they've been giving both on the pitching staff and in the lineup, they've had to give themselves so many different looks over the past couple weeks that they just, they, they need to settle in. They need to get healthy. Cody Bellinger, of course, will make a big difference in that uh, as he gets healthy. So I think that's great. Of course, my correction saying, yes, yeah, it was Dustin May that just went, uh, went out for the year. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be, that's going to be brutal, but they can still make a division winner out of this, but it just, this is going to be a really interesting division, especially if San Francisco can keep playing well against all the teams that they need to play well against. They can make things rather interesting going into September. My next one is going to be the one that certainly should be. And then um, I'm going to give a quick, or actually I can give it now a quick honorable mention to the Minnesota twins losers of their last three, four and six in their last 10. They have not righted the ship in any way, shape or form yet. Let's just make that very clear in most, in most weeks. If we hadn't seen this, I would have picked them even at four and six, even the, even the angels are struggling too, but the twins are on a different level. Yeah. The, through the twins, it's just like the angels, you can see a path to hope. Like you can see definitively what the problem is. It's like, it's like if the entire, if you had a boat, the angels have just like a couple of patches that got taken out by like a cannon. This is a pirate ship actually we're making it. And then all of a sudden you look at the twins and they just don't have a hull. Like, like, you you know you know there's a problem, but you have exactly no you have absolutely no clue of what to do to stop it at this point. Um, but my pick is actually the Kansas City Royals, who are now 16 and 14, but they are three in their they're three and seven in their last 10 and losers of five straight. I ultimately went with these guys ahead of Minnesota, ahead of Detroit, who of course is reside to their fate, and ahead of the Angels purely because this is exactly what was expected. We liked this team going into the year as a, again, as I already said, ceiling of around 500. But at the same time, you look at, you look at them as we're so happy to see them at the top of the division. Brandon, their expected win-loss was either a game above 500, or I think it, I genuinely believe it was a game below 500, when they were leading the division. That's how bad their run differential was. So you could just tell right away that that win-loss was not sustainable and this fall to uh, fall back down to earth was going to come sooner rather than later. I just didn't expect it to be as big as it has been. Yeah, you know, they had a very poor run, run differential when they were in first, but now 
it's the opposite where they're only at a minus two run run differential. Their expected win losses to be right at 500 at 15 and 15 and they're at 11 and 19. So maybe they are getting unlucky a little bit, but still, uh, I feel like we've been picking them or they've been at least on the, the radar as the team that's not hot for the last two or three weeks. So that's certainly not the best, uh, especially when they have a pretty much MVP candidate so far this year in Byron Buxton. Byron Thomas, the, tra- the train engine. Yeah, Thomas, the train engine. Buxton. I always want to say Thomas, the tank engine, which would be a completely different TV show. Probably not a children's show either. If he was, if he was hauling tanks, hauling tanks about across Nazi Germany, helping the Allied powers win the war. Thomas, the army vet. Um, I, I need to see that now that I actually say it out loud. But yeah, Byron Buxton's got to get some help. All right, let's uh, go over the six division leaders, and then we'll get out of here tonight. Uh, LJ, you can take the American League as you have been covering those games this week, and I will take the National League. You can start us off. All right. In the AL East, we have the 19-3 and Boston Red Sox leading that, that division with a one-and-a-half game lead on Tampa Bay. In the Central, Cleveland at 17-13 and has a half game lead on the Chicago White Sox. And then in the West, the 19 and 14 Oakland Athletics have a game and a half lead on the Seattle Mariners right now. In the National League in the East, the Philadelphia Phillies have won four in a row and are 17 and 15 with a one game lead on the 13 and 13 Mets. In the Central, it's the St. Louis Cardinals who have won seven of their last 10 and they're 18 and 14 with a one game lead on the 17 and 15 Brewers. And then in the NL West, it is the San Francisco Giants at 18 and 13 with a half of a game lead on the 18 and 14 San Diego Padres. Well, I think that that is going to do it for this episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening to episode number 69. Uh, This was certainly a nice episode uh, indeed. Make sure that you're following us everywhere uh, on Belly Up Sports. It's at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Podcasts on Twitter. Make sure you follow me and LJ on Twitter at LJ underscore VP underscore LaFiora. And I'm at Brandon underscore Karam. Then, of course, our podcasts on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. All right. That's going to do it for this one. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening. And we will see you tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed episode number 69. Very nice. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. 
And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.